Welcome to Into Theology. I'm Wyatt Graham, and I'm joined with Ian Clary and Dr. Coleman Ford. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about friendship in Augustine or Augustine, because Coleman's done a little bit of work on that. And it's a bit of an interlude. We're still working through confessions, but this maybe we'll, we'll, we'll maybe look at confessions a little bit. But really, this is more of an interlude on the topic of friendship. So I think maybe to get going, Coleman, uh, just uh, maybe give like the 32 second version of who you are, and then we'll talk about why you like Augustine. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, you got to decide whether or not you can be friends with someone who calls him Augustine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ooh. I heard you say it. So how how do you pronounce his name? Oh, it's Augustine. Uh Oh, but but you're you and I share the same doctoral supervisor, and I side with my our our doctor father on how you're supposed to so you're well, you're you're, you're, not you're perfect. Like rebel black he's not, did you say he's brother. not perfect he's a great man <laughs> i i were gonna uh, have to shut this thing down right now <laughs> if dr haken is listening uh we he's love the man. we love the <laughs> man uh no but my pre forefather i don't know what you want to call him anyways yeah i was reared under those who uh called him augustine you were, you were uh, jeff bingham right that's it yeah i'm a binghamite in that way um <clears throat> so uh yeah we can get past the the rightness or wrongness of augustine uh, or augustine um but uh introduction wise yeah so i get to teach here at southwestern seminary and texas baptist college here in fort worth texas been here now for about two years almost uh going my about to start my third year third academic year uh teach in the areas of christian formation uh fancy way to say spiritual formation and uh, but actually in the spring i'm going to be switching over to a humanities faculty role and so teaching in our undergrad school uh basically anything broadly humanities great books ethics uh, i actually get to teach a class on friendship in the fall so i'm oh, wow. super excited about that yeah. uh, the history and philosophy of friendship and so this uh, is a very fun and important topic for me. So yeah, I've uh, been here for about two and a half years. Uh, got to hang out in Louisville for a few years with uh, Wyatt uh, doing our PhD at Southern Seminary. But I'm from this area. I grew up in North Texas. Um, family's close to here. So this is home. It's really cool to be in the place where I grew up doing what I love to do. So yeah, I spent a number of years in pastoral ministry prior to this and then uh, most importantly, I'm married to my wife, Alex, who um, also has her doctorate from Southern. So we get oh, to talk dirty things. Yep. What is, we nerd out a lot at home. Uh, some people go like to, you know, date night restaurants. We just hang out and talk about theological anthropology, which is her thing. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Uh, and then we have three uh, actually, children. Can we get her on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm kind of switching out. <laughs> over to Alex. Uh, she would love that, actually, if you, you know, want to have someone on. Uh, yeah. Theological and anthropology then, is kind of Augustine-ish, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he says a few things about it, I guess. So One or two. Uh, one or two. Yeah, we have three kids, which is great. Uh, our eldest, Colette. Uh, then we have a son named Matthew. And then we just had a little girl named Charlotte, uh, who they're all wonderful uh, and we, yeah, get to have fun and we have a, a good little, good little time here in North Texas. So, uh, I, I'm going to ask couple, a question. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no, Ian's going to ask a couple question. connections here, right? Okay. So we do share the same PhD supervisor. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, in fact, I actually can remember the first time meeting you. Was it at, I think, was it at the Baltimore ETS? I just, I remember walking into a room, he was, you were sitting next to him and like, you had a bow tie and I think like a, <laughs> 
a green jacket. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, that this sounds dude familiar. Is fashionable. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I don't know if it was a green jacket, but uh, yes, there was probably it was probably a shade of color somewhere on the Something spectrum. Like that yeah, quite a fashionable yeah. guy. And then and and you and I both uh, teach at Munster Bible College in Ireland. Yeah, that's right, man. I I loved my time there in in, in Cork. So yeah. love love what they're doing there, and that was fun. I and actually now. That this happened afterwards. I'm actually now officially an Irish citizen. Are so, you? Oh, whoa! Because I mean, I got, your name Coleman Ford. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Saint Coleman. Uh, and yeah, anyways, I got my Irish citizenship through my grandmother, who is from Galway, and wow. uh, because they're so uh, wanting people, I guess, to move back to Ireland, they're yeah, right. willing to extend citizenship to grandchildren. So all of our family essentially are now Irish citizens. And uh, actually, my sister is going to be traveling there this fall to go work on a farm cool. just because she felt like it uh, her and her husband uh so yeah that's fun yeah that's go 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 monster bible college yeah, yeah yeah they're doing a course running a course right now i'm jealous yeah, that's great. Oh, i wish i was there yeah all right let's dig into it so okay, okay let me uh I'll, I'll just give you a question here um uh what makes a maybe a general question so why why friendship why is it interesting but then maybe maybe dial it into what makes a good friend what makes a bad friend like this this kind of like big picture with some definitions and we can jump into Augustine more specifically oh yeah well I love what JC Ryle has said uh, about friendship is that it uh, it halves our sorrows and doubles our joys Um, so I think it's a good way to summarize friendship uh, at least the intention of friendship right Uh, it's to bear burdens you know uh, and have uh, an opportunity and an environment to grow and joy. And then, you know, uh, Paul Waddell, who's a Roman Catholic uh, ethicist, uh, has written a lot on Augustine and friendship in general. Uh, he calls friendship in Augustine specifically the school of Christian love. So it's this idea that uh, for friends to gather together, especially in a Christian environment, uh, the, the goal and the purpose and the hope is to grow in love in the in the things we know are right and true the greatest commandment to love the lord our god and to love one another uh, and so but yeah i mean that's you know there's nothing new about that necessarily uh but i think what's helpful in our present uh moment is to focus on the value of friendship um and the potential that it has for obviously spiritual growth but also just um the uh, what am I trying to say? Some things that we talk about as far as uh, you know, technology or even just uh, cultural barriers that might be there. Uh, that friendship, especially in Augustine, friendship is supposed to be the thing that breaks those things down, and so it's supposed to be the thing that ultimately drives us towards one another. Because uh, even if we're not, uh, even if the other person is not a Christian, we still value their created human nature uh and we still would want to see them flourish and uh, and of course uh the best way to flourish is in christ and so uh yeah there's a whole other whole bunch of things we can talk about but you can see this right you google you look on amazon tons of books are being written about friendship from a philosophical and practical perspective some have been written on a, from a christian perspective there's a couple out there that are probably worth mentioning but um, it is definitely a need in our culture because we are losing the value of connectivity and intimacy in the right ways, right? Because we live in a sexualized culture 
that automatically views one another based on sexuality rather than um, our humanity, right? Which sexuality is a part of that, but our culture has so elevated sexuality that, uh, you know, men can't have meaningful relationships because it's viewed in a certain way culturally. Uh, men and women can't have meaningful friendships because then that's viewed, and even in the church, right, that can get sticky depending on, you know, um, what people think. Uh, and so either way, this idea of friendship historically is meaningful. And I think it's also helpful, uh, I think C.S. Lewis says something in his book on the four loves that, you know, oftentimes we, very paraphrastic here, uh, we look back at the ancient culture and expect them to explain all of these gestures of friendship they have, rather than looking at our own culture and explaining the absence of those things. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so there's a lot to be said there, but that's a reason why I think friendship is important right now for us to think about. Uh, it's good as a both a academic sort of exercise and studying and looking at friendship, but also just as a practical uh, way of being to cultivate friendship in our lives uh, and, uh, for Christians in particular, uh, there's lots of reasons to do that, but I'll, I'll stop there. We can keep talking about it. So how, how do you then see, you know, like even in broad, still continuing with the, the broad strokes here, um, how, how did you see, you know, with your dissertation work, Augustine's kind of, uh, usefulness, you know, here he is writing, you know, way back when mm -hmm. in our 21st century, how does that gap get bridged? Yeah, well, I mean, as you read the Confessions, right, you see friendship, uh, an idea of friendship that is almost foreign, even to our Christian culture today. Um, you see, you know, Peter Brown, the famous biographer of Augustine, says that Augustine is an imperialist with his friendships, which I think is a little too uh, edgy or not quite true to say. <laughs> edgy. Uh, yeah. But what he means by that, I think, is right in the sense that once Augustine encounters someone who's a friend, it's as if he uh, kind of takes them into his life. Um, and so, you know, you see this with the unnamed friend in Confessions 4, right? Um, you know, this idea that uh, he's pouring his heart out over this friend uh, and um, they, they just it's a, again, an intimate sort of connection that is very foreign, really, uh, to our modern culture. And I would probably say it wasn't even that foreign up to, you know, late 19th and 20th century. Uh, it really was with uh, the kind of modern turn and some of our kind of realities of, of, of um, uh, urbanization and some other things, suburbanization, if you will, uh, some other cultural sociological factors that have made friendship less than the sort of ideal relationship, right? And so for Augustine, friendship is the pinnacle uh, of relationship. Now, um, you know, you can say what you want about Augustine's view of marriage. I think he had a, uh, you know, a mixed view of marriage, but even in marriage, he says, right? If a marriage is to be what it is in his treatise on the good of marriage, friendship is the kind of basic uh, relationship to that other relationship that marriage relationship and uh and i think uh augustine in particular brings out some things uh that uh, we should consider um in, in regards to just um the intimacy that 
maybe could and should be there between friends that um, was common in his day. It's an it's an uh, antique, late antique idea of friendship, but uh, we've lost in a lot of ways. So yeah, when you read friendship and confessions, uh, it just pops out in so many beautiful ways. And so, um, you know, there's lots of things going on in confessions. Friendship is, is one of them. But he says even uh, maybe in uh, book nine, I can't remember now, but, um, you know, when he's gathering with these individuals after his conversion at Cassiacum, he says, we found our rest in you. And where does, what does he start the very work saying in Confessions right. 1, right? Our hearts are restless until they find our rest, their rest in you. And so there's even this idea that together we find our rest in God as friends. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a pretty strong theme throughout Augustine's life. It's interesting because we just dealt with in, because uh, we we were just finished book five in our last episode, and he talks about the wicked having no rest, mm. uh, which is interesting. Mm. Um, mm. But even in that point that you made a minute ago about the friend, uh, what was it in book four? Mm. That, that's the friend who dies, right? And then takes baptism, yes. and then Augustine's a manichae at the time and kind of derides him for it. And, <clears throat> um, do you think, well, maybe before we actually get to that question, because what I was going to ask there was, is is Augustine in Confessions is he making a, a kind of a critique of typical ancient views of friendship? Uh, because, and, and I've kind of thought of that whole scene as here's a very, maybe a platonic idea or an Aristotelian idea. I'm not sure you know better than I, uh, of what friendship is. And then, and then he kind of, and he, and he, and he crafts it so beautifully. And then you kind of get drawn into his own pain at the loss of this friend uh, only then to have him basically say, Hey, this wasn't true friendship at all anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, true friendship actually has to be in Christ and then point us to something beyond. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've sort of wondered if, if he is kind of leveling a bit of a critique of traditional notions of friendship up to his time there. Uh, so what I, that was my question, but maybe we need some background first. Like what are those ancient views of friendship, like Aristotle, the Stoics and that sort of thing before we can answer, you know, what he's doing there. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, we don't have time to go into the full tradition, of course. No. But, you know, you've got the, as you I, I have the time. It's fine. That's right. Okay. I yes. Half an hour. Yes. So. He's got the beard and the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, to, to your point, Ian, I mean, yeah, there is a, a classical notion of friendship that Augustine has inherited, right? And he's very aware of this. I mean, he speaks to this quite plainly. Um, in his writings, I, I think specifically, if I want to direct listeners to a, a, a place to see this, it's his letter 258. So number 258 in his collection of letters, where he is writing to a friend, Martianus, who had recently come to faith. They, they had known each other for a long time. They've been friends prior to being a Christian uh, and um, shared a lot of the things that he talks about, even in Confessions 4 with his other friend. And um, they're specifically reflecting, or rather Augustine specifically reflecting on the Ciceronian, the Ciceronian definition of friendship, uh, which comes from his uh, uh, Latius, which is the uh, friendship is the agreement in things right. human and divine. And so uh, Augustine reflects on that. And he basically says, if you don't have agreement in one, you can't have agreement in the other. And then he uh, Jesus jukes it, if you will, and says, the, who's the one that is divine and human? It's Jesus. So we have agreement in all things human and divine and in and essentially in our love for Jesus Christ. And so uh, there is this idea um, 
uh, yeah, that he's reflecting on the classical tradition and then turning it on its head, sort of, right? I don't, that, that seems too dramatic, but essentially, right, Augustine was the first Christian to elaborate this theory of Christian friendship. Yeah. Uh, you know, others have made this observation, of course, before, but uh, he's doing it in the full awareness of the classic philosophical tradition, um, but he's also doing it under the um, regenerative work of the Holy Spirit as he's engaging with these people and helping to reflect upon, well, what is actually the value of friendship theologically, spiritually? Why is this the case uh, that we desire this sort of relationship? It's, it's not because we're lacking something. Maybe it's actually because we're made for this in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, so he, he remains true to the ideal of friendship um, in, in the classical sense, but also uh, puts it in context theologically um, and so that's, that's the value for Augustine, I think, in this conversation. So do you think he, because I mean, what he'll do often with the Stoics is, there's a lot of a, a kind of Stoic stream, I guess you could say, in Augustine overall, but then he kind of takes it, take, takes it up to the next level, where the, where the Stoics have all these massive failings, he kind of fills in and succeeds, especially in like his more eschatological vision. Is there like something eschatological then, do you think, for friendship for him? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, so if we want to think about like um, even uh, the kind of final relationship of humanity in the eschaton, uh, I think I think friendship is really that that idea, and that's that's not necessarily Augustine. I would say that's Jesus uh, in in the Gospels uh, seeking to correct um, you know when the Sadducees essentially corner him to be. Uh, uh, you know, to, to say in the, in the resurrection, right, will we be like this or, or, or how will we be like? Well, Augustine's like, well, you know, don't you know that we won't be given a marriage, but we'll be like the angels. Uh, and so the, the implication is there, of course, that the marital sexual relationship is not going to be the prior, the, the, the pinnacle uh, of relationship there in, in the heavenly uh, beatific vision. It's uh, a different sort of understanding of relational connectivity, which friendship is essentially that and building towards that in a kind of eschatological sort of way. So yeah, so Ian, I don't know to your question ultimately, but I do think for Augustine, there's also this reality of, uh, and other, other scholars have made this uh, observation. Joseph Clare um, has done this really well when he reflects on uh, the nature of the good and that philosophical understanding of the good in Augustine. Um, you know, he, he talks about this in regards to how the temporal good of friendship is a foretaste of that eternal good. So uh, where we're going to kind of, we have, a, we have a, a singularity, if you will, that we're experiencing now to which we are going to further experience in this kind of unchangeable, eternal sort of way. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's kind of a preparation, I guess, if you will, for, for what that will be. Or maybe like a signpost or something. Yeah, I like that signpost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that and use it. There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a, a less uh, smart question, but it kind of connects to all the time. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, the normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's a circle? Um, you see, it kind of both mentions. So, so Augustine has this idea of um, Augustine, this idea of, of friendship and the eschaton and so on. And then there's this um, marriage. Maybe he has some odd things to say. So maybe a bigger question would be, and you've mentioned a little bit, like how does, is marriage just friendship plus? Right. Mm. And then also like 
is friendship really like the end even like an end of marriage as it were because like when when you're like in the new heavens new earth yeah you and alex you'll presumably be friends still um it's unclear what your marriage relationship will mean is it so so maybe just um just generalize on that then maybe talk a little bit about if you if you know anything about augustine on on this question because it's just interesting to me that because i think you know you get married really the foundation is still friendship mm-hmm. it's a unique kind of friendship um but it's still friendship right so yes. maybe help make those things make sense <laughs> yes okay yeah uh let me just solve all of our problems here is that what you're asking <laughs> yes uh, yeah no i think so when you say friendship plus right um yeah maybe i, I don't i don't know how i would say it otherwise but I mean, I think this, and this goes back to even our cultural moment where we maybe need to reflect more deeply upon friendship in the Christian perspective to where we have so heightened marriage as the ultimate relationship. Mm -hmm. And certainly there are plenty of biblical precedent to show marriage as both uh, imaging certain things theologically, but also in the creative work of God um the complementary of man and woman um but at the same time uh we again we've sexualized it right and, and i'm not gonna this isn't a therapy session necessarily but um we have loaded I don't know what my next question is i have a lot of questions now <laughs> ready for this no. um i'll say from where i am standing um or sitting rather is that uh we have Oh, perhaps over-sexualized marriage to mm. where the pinnacle of marriage is, and th- we do this in Christian teaching, right? Sermon series and books, right? It's, it's this experience of sex that's, and that's, and I'm right. I, I am all for the biblical view of marriage, monogamy, and the sexual expression must take place between a man and woman in marriage. That is absolutely 100% true. But what we've done is then we've then heightened that as the pinnacle of the, the marriage relationship. Uh, and if, if we're not having uh, the good sex all the time, therefore something's wrong. Where Augustine, I think, and others, and really this is, the, I think, the Christian tradition in general, even though there are some um, fault in some of the teaching on marriage throughout the, the tradition, um, is that the, the relational dynamic of marriage gets lost in that. Uh, so friendship plus maybe, I don't know. What I would say is, as you've mentioned, friendship is the foundation for that, but that someone is not less of a person if they're not married, right? So that's, I think that's where we have fallen into some uh, unhelpful uh, potholes in the evangelical tradition is that all of a sudden marriage is, um, uh, it, it completes a person, right? To where uh, really, that's 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 fairly new in the Christian theological tradition, from my perspective, right? This idea of marriage is this completion of a person, when really the the tradition has always sought to show relationship with others generally is the completion of that, and marriage is an an aspect of that, right? Um, and it and it's it a particular something. kind of relationship, but because because I think some people today would say something like. Um, if your wife's not like your best friend or, or if you need another friend to get something your wife can't like, then there's some, some problem. But it's like, well, let's say you have 10 friends. They might all be unique and different. And mm-hmm. it might be that you ha- you share something unique with one person. That's not true of the other nine. But that's yeah. not, in my mind, a problem. It's just because of the diversity of human experience. Right. 
everyone's yeah. different and has different experience and strengths and weaknesses and so on. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, so I kind of find that really interesting. And I do think, I mean, you, you mentioned a few times, it's kind of over-sexualizing sexualized, of everything. But even when it comes to male friendship, it's hard. You, you want to be like careful as boundaries and borders. But even like you said at the very beginning, I thought it was insightful too. It's like uh, being uh, sexuality versus humanity is like the baseline. And if your sexual identity, preference, expression, et cetera, are the main identifying features of what it means to be human, I think it actually really makes it tough to be friends with people because mm. you're always kind of thinking through the sexual dimensions of it rather than the humane dimensions of it. Mm. So, okay, let me ask you a question. What's, yes. so what's friendship in heaven like? Oh yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you know? Well, there's I mean, one I think... time I was there. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I yeah, got in a car wreck. Uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, again, what, what, what's the pictures we have? I mean, it's, uh, it's a, a few of the, um, corrective teachings of Jesus, uh, and also the, the eschatological vision, uh, we see in revelation. Uh, but then also I think the way in which, um, again, going back to the creative narrative, the creation narrative, rather Genesis one and two, um, the suitable helper, right. The idea that, uh, we can have some sort of relationship with the uh, other creation, uh, but it's not the kind of relationship that uh, is the best for us. Uh, and so therefore, there's this idea that, again, this isn't completing us, but it is in some sense um, fulfilling in us what we are created to have, which is relationship with one another. So again, friendship and even marriage isn't something that uh, comes in as a result of sin in the fall. It was there at the very beginning. Right. And so it's, and if we believe as I do, right, that God's creation of man was very good, um, then it is very good that we have relationship. And then it's also very good that we are in relationship with one another. And it's not actually a part of imperfection, right? Of course, it is now subject to imperfection because of the fall, uh, and so we cannot experience friendship and relationship the way we ought to. Uh, and so therefore, if we're going to think about heaven, right? So I'm just kind of working this out as we talk. So excuse me, um, is that uh, our relationship with one another is to the point where it is um, um, with fullest meaning and fullest intent towards the other person. And then, of course, as Augustine uh, uh, discusses friendship, right? What is friendship? And in general, like the this, his idea, which comes from on Christian teaching and kind of his even his sort of um, epistemology or not even epistemology, but his uh, uh, his idea of just the theory of, of knowledge and well, that's epistemology, but his theory of language and other things. Why are we doing these things? It's to love God in them. Right. And so why are we participating in friendship? It's not because we all agree on the same football club which is of course the Tottenham Hotspurs, but um, it's, uh, that's right. It's, um, it's because I love God in you. And so in heaven, right. In, in, in the new heavens and new earth, we are in some set, like now we're seeking to do that. And it's always gonna be fraught with sin though. The spirit is indwelling us and working these things out in, uh, in heaven, we are loving God perfectly through the other person, not to be used, not, not to use the other person, not to um, 
to, to bolster our own ego or our own self-identity, whatever the case may be. So I don't, yeah, I don't have an answer and, and I don't, I can't recall exactly if and how Augustine speaks of the, the relationship as it would be in heaven, but it is perfect in the sense that we are loving God through the other person as it was intended to be. And so that's all I'm going to say, because then I'll probably start getting the weird murky water that will get well, tweeted and out of context. That's, so. that's the best part. Let me ask one more thing that I'll hand, hand back to Ian. I, you said earlier, I think you were quoting C.S. Lewis, that we often look in the past about the, uh, the unique friendships. We're trying to explain them, but we never look at the present and what we're deprived of. And it's interesting. You look at Augustine. He has all these friends and he's in, at one level deprived of something. He doesn't have Twitter, Facebook. He doesn't have the Internet. He doesn't have all these uh distractions he doesn't have a, a million books to read at once he probably has dozens to read at once um is it partly that because we have so much stuff today we aren't freed up for the kind of friendship that augustine has and enjoys because when i read him it's like you almost wish you could have those sorts of friendships that he had and yet it feels pretty hard to, to do that today there's just too much stuff in between in, in the in the crevices of time yeah, that sounds like a uh, a young adult novel waiting to be written between the crevices of time. Uh, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. You yeah, can do okay. that with what you will. Yeah. Uh, copyrighted though. I, I copyrighted. will sponsor that. I don't know. Um, but uh, but I think you're exactly right. I mean, you know why? So this is obviously an advantage that we have. That uh, you're in Canada. Ian is in Canada in his heart but in the US physically in Colorado uh, and I'm here in Texas and we get to do this and that's great. And that's lovely. And that's a beautiful thing. And so that's we should three countries God. actually say what three countries. You just mentioned Canada, the U S and Texas. That's right. Oh, that's right. The Republic of Texas where I currently reside. I thought I was for president. With my own heart. That's what you were saying. Uh, that's yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is why we do this. Right. So we can have this fun uh, in this virtual way. But, you know, I think we would all um, concede that this would be better were we together in a room or in a coffee shop or whatever the case may be, because we are encumbered by, and I'm no Luddite, right? Like, I'm not saying that we toss out all of our technology, but I am encumbered by the four different notifications I just got about a meeting I'll have after this, right? Or, um, you know, checking my calendar that's you know over here that's you know popping out on the screen or whatever right like so to your point yeah we are technology is supposed to make it easier for us in a lot of ways it does i'm really thankful for my smartphone and my gps but my goodness uh it has contributed to and this is nothing new right but contributed to the distraction that then takes our focus away from other people other image bearers of god in the physicality of them, it doesn't even have to be the physical presence, but just the desire to uh, extend ourselves towards them in a meaningful way. And so, yeah, I mean, to, to your point, like it, it does make a difference and it does bring about a ch more challenging uh, environment for us to encounter friendship and just the reality of, okay, if you have nothing else to do, let's just hang out as friends, right? And see what happens. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Like there's, there's never no one. Well, I think most people who are adults anyways, you don't just yeah. like, I'm just going to hang out with friends all day. Like that doesn't, there's no category that allows you to do that usually. Yeah. Um, but just think yeah. about it. I mean, I, I, I've been trying to formulate this in, in my own kind of encouragement, encouragement and teaching to, of others. Um, 
you know, so I'll point to a recent LifeWay study that shows that uh, the one of the greatest needs that pastors have, number five on the list of all the needs that they identified was friendship and fellowship with others. And so, uh, but if you look at the other ones around it, I would argue that friendship impacts all of those. Um, if you're growing in friendship, then you won't have as much stress in finding volunteers and leaders for your church, which is the top need. Or you won't, uh, you know, you won't struggle with confessing personal sin. Like have not, you won't have a place for that. You know, well, you got your friends, right? And so uh, all that being said is uh, maybe we should conceive of the work that we do, whether we're in um, full-time ministry, academic, uh, we're at home with kids, whatever the case may be, as an activity of extending friendship. And so, I mean, that doesn't look good on a job description, right, probably, or, um, you know, some kind of hiring committee would probably laugh at you if you said, well, my job here is just to make friends. But really, if you think about the people who were most impactful in our lives, the leaders, the pastors, they likely were people who did this in their own life, right, um, who sat down and just said, I want to get to know you, or how can I help you, or invite you over to their house, right, just the basic kind of stuff which is the stuff of friendship. That's like friendship 101. And uh, the, all the other activities, quote unquote, that we do, maybe they would be more meaningful if we were doing it with friendship in mind, big, big picture, whatever that looks like. But I don't know, I'm still trying to figure that out, but I'm starting to really think that way. So I, 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 I totally agree with what you're saying. I, when I was pastoring in Toronto, <clears throat> Uh, the guy that I pastored with, um, he was the senior pastor, but we were best friends. It just did not ever feel like work. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, even when we were doing hard stuff like counseling with very difficult issues, but just the fact that it was like, oh, we're two friends doing this together. Uh, e even the things that could be sucky kind of were okay, you know? Yes. Yeah. And you'd come out the other end and think, oh, that was a great day uh, because you did it, you know, with somebody who you're really close friends with. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. And to your previous point about the technology, uh, Augustine is using technology though, right? A uh, large part of your dissertation right. is on letter writing and mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, here we are, you know, in our own sovereign nations and, uh, and we're having maybe a kind of like updated version of like kind of a, an epistolary friendship here, but it's mediated through digital technology instead of, you know, quill and papyrus or whatever he was writing on, you know? Right. So how did then he manage that sort of distance with letter writing and and cultivating you know friendship from within that yeah well yeah that's a great point ian i mean th they were definitely not adverse to the whatever was available to do that and that's another point to make as far as augustine's um sort of uh testimony to friendship that a lot of folks that he was considering as friends he likely didn't even meet in person right which uh, contributes to even some of the, the language that you see in his letters. So you think about writing to uh, Paulinus of Nola, who was his own, in his own right, is a, is a worthy theologian and spiritual uh, uh, leader, right? So you, you can read his works. Um, they never knew each other, right? They never met each other, rather. Um, but when you read their letter exchange, and they're not the only, he's not the only example, but when you read their letter exchange, you know, they use language like when, you when when your letter when your letter was read to the brothers gathered here it was as if you were present with us um and, and it's just it's just this highly affectionate language it's it's extremely charged 
uh, with emotion um, because of the reality, I think, that they knew they would probably never see each other, but they still had affection for one another and who they were so that the letter itself was almost as good, not quite, but almost as good as having the person there uh, with them. And so, and this is why, yeah, you see in antiquity, letters written the way that they are, because they are a means and a vehicle for relationship with one another, friendship with one another. Um, you know, we know in, even in our scriptures, right, the, the way that the apostles talk about their affection for the churches and the individuals that they're writing to. Uh, and some of them they would never have met, some of them they did, of course, but um, yeah, I was just even thinking about uh, here in our chapel today, in uh, 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 we, we were reading in Acts, where uh, I'm blanking on the chapter, maybe Acts 20, um, where Paul is meeting with uh, the leaders in Ephesus, and he's saying, well, you know, he's departing right from them and, and it closes the, the chapter closes uh with the beauty i just looked at it, i was like that's friendship right they're weeping over one another because they realize they're never going to see each other again uh and they didn't want paul to leave because of the relationship that they had with one another and just the intimacy that they had with one another i had never read it that way until today i never thought about it that way till today and there's tons of other things that you can say about that text but um just that relational um intensity that's there is extremely absent from our culture today uh because of well it's not uh it's not manly to weep right or it's uh, it's weird that they are so affectionate towards one another you know what does that mean about them you know uh kind of that you know um sort of like insinuation sort of thing yeah. and that's uh that's tragic man it's so tragic i'm not saying i practice this perfectly but i just i read these things and i do these things and I realized, my goodness, we are missing so much uh, in this. And so, yeah, back to your back to your thing. Like technology is great, um, but it's yeah. We we also need to understand like the um, yeah, just the the emotional component that um, it can also help uh, bridge a little bit of that divide, right? As it did with with Augustine and others. You think that. Uh... You know, especially in confessions, the way he frames his relationships that, you know, like what you were saying before about how, you know, the Lifeway study friendship really impacts all of these in a way. Then do you think you can see the same with with the other figures that that show up in the book? I mean, there's there's obviously uh, Olypius, who's, you know, very important to him. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's his unnamed concubine mm -hmm. uh, and there's his mother. Right. And then there's the you know, there's the, the list can go on. There's the friend that's dying. Yeah, you get the bad friendships that he's stealing the pairs with. Uh, yeah. So his friendship like, with his mother. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like Monica, right? Is she is she a friend to him, even though she's his mother? And like, is is that like then suffusing those other types of relationships? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, to think about the development. I mean, there's. I wouldn't say this is the only way to read uh, confessions by any stretch. Right. But to your point, Ian, my goodness. Uh, he is the vehicle of which he is experiencing God's grace or recognizing his depravity is in the context of friendship. Uh, to your point, the, steer, the, the stealing of the pears and, uh, and just the, the debauchery that he experienced and even just uh, other specific friendships where he, he was not a believer yet. Um, and yeah, and to your point of, of Monica, um, there's, she, she takes pride of place in both his family, right? I mean, his dad's a passing nod, yep. right? And you 
don't even realize he's there practically. Um, um, and and she, he's, she's obviously elevating, or he's, he's elevating her in, in a certain way as a, an exemplar, but, but going into his post-conversion writings um, at Kasiakum, she is there participating, right? right. She's there as a, as, a, as a philosophical conversation partner and usually the one that actually has the right answer, right? Like all of these people, Olypius <laughs> and others are, they're waxing eloquent on things and Augustine's still, you know, he's, he's kind of trying to figure these things out. And I would argue he's very Christian, but still he's a new believer uh, in some sense, right? So, and Monica comes in and just kind of like lays it all out there. Right. And so, yeah. And so to that point, I mean, there is a big uh, dynamic, a large dynamic of friendship that is present in all of these facets. And so, um, yeah, and, and Augustine um, does things uh, like the um, uh, sort of contemplative experience that happens at Ostia with his mother. Right. That's a that that's like that's a very intimate thing, you know, in, in that sense, spiritually intimate to where that that experience is not a mother and a son just having a Bible study together, right? Which is great. We should do that. But uh, it is, they were able, and the mother, the woman contemplating Christ at such a high level. Um, she, she's yeah, really so, a philosopher at that point, right? Because that's, right. that's not supposed to happen to women uh, yeah. of her class. Yeah, uh, it's only supposed to happen to like the greats, like a Plotinus or a Porphyry or something. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Only only the the elite male. Yeah, can be that right in, in ancient sense. So, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. Thanks, Coleman, for your time. That was fun uh, to talk about friendship Thank with my uh, with my friends. Yes, isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> it's more meaningful to talk about friendship with friends. But uh, I will do it even if that doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah, this is fun. I appreciate it. I love how that, uh, that, yeah, y'all are taking some time just to think through this. Are you, uh, are you, uh, cause your dissertation, sorry, is it, are you going to do anything with it in terms of publication or? Yeah. Lord willing, it'll be out on Lexham press oh. by the end of this year. Oh, right on. Yeah. So just sent off the kind of edits to that from the copy editor should be on track to be out by ETS time in November. <laughs> Um, so me and three other people will buy a copy, but, uh, well, yeah, here, so yeah, I would love that. And, uh, yeah, working on this topic in various other, uh, ways, me and a common friend that we have, Sean Wilhite yeah, uh, and I are working on a book with Crossway on pastoral ministry in the early church, but we're really going to, we're going to have a chapter in there on friendship because that's a big theme, uh, with not only Augustine, but Basil and, uh, the Cappadocians and others, but, uh, yeah, so just going to sprinkle the magic friendship dust wherever i can so <laughs> thanks uh, Coleman. See where it goes. <laughs>